Hello there. Don't be alarmed. We're just preparing your listening device for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We do this, of course, by filling the radio with water. Don't worry. We're professionals. Thanks to me, you won't even get wet. You see, I've crammed every appendage of my body into the cracks and crevices of your radio, ensuring an airtight seal. By the way, don't touch your on-off knob. That's a very sensitive area. Anyway, I should remind you, we believe in the buddy system just like diving, so don't listen alone. Call your buddy and tell them that Scuba Radio is about to begin. We're going to start a new life under the sea. So, uh, am I going to drown? Of course not. Just stay calm and let the gentle currents relax your every muscle. Under the sea. Under the sea. Did it just get warmer? There'll be no accusations. Just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Where the hell are the sharks? And now, here's your dive guide for Scuba Radio, Greg the Dive Master. And welcome. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Nobody in the studio with me today because we are on COVID alert. Yeah, COVID has invaded Scuba Radio headquarters again. Now, I'm feeling fine right now, but I have uh, family members that are not uh, testing the way they're supposed to. And uh, so I, 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 I've told, I've banned uh, Bubble Boy and CJ from the studio this week so we don't uh, spread any uh, COVID uh, viruses around and we're doing what we can do. So The, the, the yeah. truth is, is that Greg forgot to do his monthly shower. Boy, what are you talking about? Hmm. What is that smell? Barry <laughs> the bugger. Is starting, I got, starting I got off sound effects now. He could be narked. That might be yeah, his excuse. Be. I don't know. He's a, he's you have to dive gay, for that. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, we got Barry the Bugger. We got uh, Jerry the Diver Guy. We got CJ. He is uh, with us, but he's, uh, as you can see on YouTube, Facebook, and uh, Facebook Live and Twitch. He's in his he's own in studio. Cell. He's, he's in, in a cell. He's in a closet. <laughs> or he's something. zooming. He's, he's zooming. And he's connected with us. So uh, we got a crew uh, to help, you know, navigate the latest diving news and information. We're going to check in with the dive god in here in just a bit. We had the passing uh, of the creature of the Black Lagoon. Did you guys know about this? Wait, wait. Jerry did. that did it? Yeah. Rico Browning, a famous diving pioneer. He he was a guy. He's a gill, man. That uh, looked up, uh, that that actually Neil looked up to. It was like one of his... uh, uh, folks, yeah, he was ninety something. He passed away last week, but uh, Neil's going to come on and tell us some stories about the creature of the Black Lagoon because he, you know, he knew him, and uh, it was it was kind of an interesting thing. I had a great chat with Neil about it this week. He was kind of bummed, of course, but we'll get uh, get his insights on the creature of the Black Lagoon and uh, and what he thought of Ray- Rico and his contribution to diving through uh, through those uh, type of things. Also. Speaking of movie stuff, we got more Avatar stuff to cover on the show today. Uh, the Kirk Crack, who is uh, with Performance Free Diving, he's the guy who taught Kate Winslet to free dive, and she held her breath like over eight minutes or some crazy amount of time. Uh, he's going to come on the show uh, today and uh, tell us a little bit more about his contributions to Avatar and all the other cool free diving stuff that he does. He's he's doing so many different crazy things. It's it's been a while since we've had him on Scuba Radio, and I figure it's about time and maybe, you know, I could get him uh, in between the chaos and sure enough he said, "Yes, 
count me in. I'm good for the show today. So he's going to join us a little bit later on as well. Also, uh, a couple other little tidbits. Uh, I don't think we're going to talk much about it this week, but on uh, YouTube, or not YouTube, I should say, Facebook. Now, there's a group of divers on Facebook that are coming close to hitting a uh, quite a milestone. And I don't know if this is a record-breaking thing or not. We've talked about them before on Scuba Radio because, you know, it, it's funny. A lot of people look at our show and think, especially in the dive industry, and, and they listen to the show and they go, my God, you guys are crazy. You're so twisted. You get away with stuff that, and talk about things when it comes to diving that we can't discuss in openly uh, uh, public forums because, well, we get we get uh, canceled or we get fired or frowned upon or whatever. And the fact of the matter is we really don't care. Uh, so, we, <laughs> you know, sometimes we go there, we talk about things that are a little bit on the edge or a little bit uh, out there in left field. Uh, you know, and it may or may not have a direct connection to diving. And, you know, we, we may dabble uh, up to the line every now and then as we're having fun, as you sometimes do. But there is a line that we don't cross, uh, and, and they don't seem to have one on this Facebook group. And I'm talking about Scuba Divers Uncensored. And uh, they have, uh, I guess they're coming close to eclipsing 100,000 people in their group on Facebook. Which I, I don't know what the big, you know biggest group on Facebook is, but that has to be right up there, Jerry. Is it? Do you know? It, it's close. Yeah, I don't know of no other one that that deals with scuba diving that is that much. Yeah, because you know I, I'll tell you some of the stuff in their group they post is hilarious, <laughs> and, and some of it uh, we cannot discuss on scuba radio because it gets a little too colorful if you know what i mean it gets colorful <laughs> yeah and uh so it's not for the faint of heart it's not for anybody under you know 18 21 whatever uh you know but look 30. you know uh, if you're a little bit twisted as divers can be uh you know it's quite entertaining and uh i'd be, I'd be lying if i didn't say i see it every now and then and i just shake my head like oh my gosh that's that's hilarious and we can never talk about that on scuba well, radio the, uh, but god the bless her i sent you all the other day was from scuba divers well <laughs> of course yeah so uh you know congrats to them uh we're gonna get the the folks that manage that group on the show over here in the next uh in next few weeks on the show and you know i think it's it's awesome it's good to see, you know, that kind of activity and uh, uh, demand. Now, I'm sure you're going to have uh, all the haters, you know, they're like, oh, God, they do stuff that we shouldn't be associated with or whatever. I'm like, who cares? Suck it. You know, yeah. You know, if you don't want to look at it, don't look at it. You know, but but the people that are looking at it, I mean, are enjoying it. And it is, yeah. they, they put out some very funny stuff. I mean, it, it is uh, quite entertaining. You know, and and they're very upfront about. Look, if you're uh, easily offended, this is not for you. Mm. So uh, I don't know. It's working for them. So I just throw it out there, and we wish him the best. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. But congrats to those guys uh, on Facebook. Now, uh, a couple other things. Yeah, you know, we've been uh, we've actually done a bunch of upgrades uh, on the scubaradio.com website. Make it easier for you to share the show and all that kind of stuff. So take advantage of it if you like. Um, one of the things, you know, we're trying to get a little bit more active 
as far as, you know, if you, you send us an email, I mean, just so you know, I mean, I pretty much read every single correspondence. It comes through me at some point. It may take a few days, but I try to reply, but it does come across my desk and chances are I see, uh, you know, the comments or emails at some point. And uh, I don't reply to every single one. I just can't. But we've been trying to get it, you know, to you streamline the process. In your week, somewhere in your week to reply. Well, to you know, I, you know, I, I figure that's what the show's for. You know, that's what you know. Some, it's, it's, I keep emailing complaints, and all I get is suck it loose. Well, yeah, you. but uh, but that, I have that set up on, on automation for you, oh, Barry. Okay, that's, thank you. It's hard yeah. for him to do all that because where he's a celebrity and everything. Well, I know yeah. it has nothing and to do so with busy. that. No, it's it just it's a lot sometimes. It's a lot to manage, and we're trying to streamline it, make it a little better. But just so you know, if you don't get a, re, a direct response right away, if you send us a comment or question, and we strongly encourage you uh, to do so, you can even record your own voice and ask a question. We might play it back on the show. But But that's what it is. We are here to answer those questions on the air, and this goes to one that we got this week. He's coming to the Tampa area. He wants to... Uh, I assume he's going to do some diving, but his real question mm. was he wanted to sample lionfish. And if he was coming to Tampa here in a month or so, what restaurant in the Tampa Bay area could he get some like grilled, fried, or uh, ceviche lionfish? So we're going to yeah. try to answer that question and, you know, just keep that in mind if you have any questions or comments yourself. That and much, much more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. Bula! You'll hear that a lot when you visit Fiji. It's more than a greeting. It's the spirit of this friendly country. With 333 islands, white sand beaches, and year-round tropical warmth, it's hard not to feel happy at this exceptional dive destination known as the soft coral capital of the world. Fiji Airways has a modern fleet of aircraft to take you to Fiji in style and at great prices. Contact your travel agent now or go to FijiAirways.com and plan your Fijian dive adventure. That's FijiAirways.com. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explore Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explore Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explore Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explore Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explore Ventures liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had it just doesn't get any better save us in kits turks and caicos the galapagos maldives indonesia humpback whales and the silver banks new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time call one of their talented travel consultants to find the explore ventures liveaboard experience that's just right for you 1-800-322-3577 that's 1-800-322-3577 or visit exploreventures.com that's exploreventures.com hey baby What's going down? Later, nerd. Are you lacking with the ladies? Nope. Enhance your scuba superpowers with a new scuba radio hat. Wow, nice hat. Just picked it up at scubaradio.com. Buy two scuba radio hats and get free shipping. Need a dive, buddy, sexy? Always. And I got a scuba radio hat for you, too. (sighs) New scuba radio hats are now available at scubaradio.com. So cool. Order yours today. Or stay a loser. (laughs) 
Surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Hey, man. Hey, what are you doing today? I don't know. I was kind of bored. You want to want to do something cool? Well, like what? We could go scuba dive. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. I've never done it before. Well, there's only a few things that you gotta do to be good at it, and it's really easy to learn. Here, I'll show you. Come with me. Okay, everyone, let's get our gear on. Let's go for a dive. Thanks, you right here. Now, be a scuba diver. It can be so much fun. Making memories and sharing good times in the sun. Descend with the quickness, equalize so you don't pop. To avoid decompression sickness, always make a safety stop. You know. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dime Master, isolated because of a COVID scare again. But uh, it's fine. We're functioning just fine. I'm just uh, here solo at headquarters in the studio. Got everyone else connected via the web. Scuba Radio Scuba Squad, made up of Barry the Bugger, Jerry the Diver Guy, CJ, and now even Dr. Doug Ebersol with us, as you can see on uh, Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitch. And uh, Barry has his hand up or he's doing the Scouts Honor. What do you need, Barry? What's up? Uh, I'm doing some research on uh, restaurants that may serve lionfish. Right. Uh, there's nothing generally in the Tampa area. There is something in Marco Island, which is south of Tampa. If you mm-hmm. want to take a drive called, believe it or not, CJ's on the Bay. Of course. That makes sense. Now, where is that again? Marco it's Island. It's in Marco Island. Yeah. So yeah. that's a couple of hours south. Uh, it's not a bad trip. You take I-75 due south and uh, you'll get there. And most of the other restaurants are um, in the Keys, mm-hmm. uh, Margaritaville and Hollywood. You know, yeah. the uh, hotel there, they have it. Right. Uh, Pensacola has it. He could go to Bodacious Olive in Pensacola if he wanted to go north. But I haven't found anything in the Tampa I- area region yet. You'd have mm-hmm. to make some calls. Yeah, yeah well. That doesn't mean it's not there. Well, yeah, it could right. be around. You could ask around. Local hotels may and, know. And it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be one of those things where if they have it, it's going to be fresh right off of a boat or something. Uh, I don't think anyone stocks lionfish yet. No, they do. At Whole Foods. Uh, in Florida, oh, Whole Foods. Oh, yeah, if you okay. go into well, the uh, Whole Foods in Florida, uh, and actually I that may be even outside of Florida, but they're stocking lionfish when they have it available, and so you could it, go yeah. in there and then grill it up or fix it up uh, how you see now, fit. But, you're on uh, vacation; no one's cooking. Well, I'm just saying you could. Yeah. You could go get yeah. some fillets. I mean, you know, there's actually even a company out of Key West where you can actually order it and they'll overnight it, uh, some lionfish to you. So it is available out there. One of the resources, I don't know what you were reading from, but uh, Reef.org, I know, has a list. Yes, they have a list. Yeah, and, of uh, uh, restaurants this, that have This is called lionfish.co. Okay. Yeah, but Reef.org does a lot of, Reef. you know. Uh, lionfish mm-hmm. derbies and things, and they 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 have a list of uh, restaurants throughout Florida. But yeah, I think the Tampa area might be a little more on the scarce side 
uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe they're not harvesting them quite as actively over on the west coast of Florida as they are up and down the Atlantic because they're very uh, it's very popular, especially down in the Keys. In the you Keys, get it. yeah, and I, I uh, think, and up I and down. Know. I don't know uh, if they're uh, Gulf water fish, or maybe they just don't have them there, or it's too much. Well, they are there. They, yeah, they got them, but I don't know they if they them, have an active, uh, you know, they may not actively be going after them as much uh, in the Gulf, as far as, like, uh, the ones that are supplying the restaurants and stuff, fresh catch. Okay. But who knows? I'm, I'm sure there's some restaurants in uh, Tampa, and hopefully that helps. That was a question we got through our but, Facebook uh, page this week so i wanted to get that out there but what and, and i would say i would say yeah visit cj's on the bay in marco island okay just because you know and you uh, know, cj you, you give it uh, two fins up or you never been there you don't want to put your I, name i, I uh, can you hear me yeah I yes can't get yeah i am um, not affiliated with that in any way really but he could be so i haven't so, been there so i can't tell you but huh. i'm hoping it's so good. Uh, yeah. so that's not cock johnson's on the bay in marco island <laughs> Um, not as far as I know. Okay. Well, uh, we'll have to see what we, uh, we'll have no to send someone out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dr. Doug Ebersol with us. Now I reached out to him, uh, this week too. I wanted to get him on if we could, because last week I brought up this topic about, uh, in water compression, you know, like if mm-hmm. you're out in some remote area, there's some, uh, you know, talk or chatter, especially in the technical diving world, which is, you know, he, he uh, Dr. Doug's all over the place, but he loves doing the more extreme level of uh, diving, rebreathers and uh, caves and God knows what else. And I figure if anybody knows uh, the truth about whether in-water compression is ever going to filter its way down to the recreational world, it's going to be Dr. Doug. And so sure enough, I uh, I texted him back and forth and he said, yep, I can come on and man, I heard what you said and holy crap, were you wrong? Is that what you were thinking? <laughs> Doug, <laughs> uh, not, not exactly. Can you guys hear uh, me? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. We got you. I'm off. I'm on my phone here. Yeah, um, it's all right. Yeah, it's in water recompression. Recompression, that's, that's right? The point. Yeah, recompression. So, yeah, that's been the the concept that's been around for a long time. Because the idea is, you know, if you're if you're bent, want to just go back in the water and uh, squish the bubble and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. The issue is a concern of you know, people getting worse in the water. Um, or delaying definitive treatment, uh, right. which has always been kind of the issue and why they've always said, don't do that, just go get to the closest chamber. However, because there, and there also was no real data. Uh, the data has come from the U.S. Navy, uh, and there is data that if you get people back in the water quickly uh, and, re- and recompress them for 30 minutes or an hour, uh, which is much faster than a table six in a recompression chamber, which is about four hours and 45 minutes, uh, that you do have good outcomes. Mm-hmm. The problem, of course, is, you know, devil's in the details. So the way you would have to do this uh, is the the diver would have to first be agreeable to do it. Uh, right. The diver would have to be able to do it. So you, you wouldn't want somebody who had any loss of consciousness or altered dental status and uh, you definitely wouldn't want somebody who's having inner ear vertigo, you know, inner ear DCS, so having vertigo. But if there's somebody just having mild decompression sickness um, or numbness and tingling, and we're willing to get back in the water, uh, you can do that as long as everyone involved has been trained in the use of oxygen. So you'd want everybody to be at least some form of technical diver, so they're used to dealing with using oxygen in the water. Mm-hmm. 
uh, you'd want to have some way to protect the diver's airway uh, right. in case they were to have a problem or lose consciousness or have an oxygen seizure underwater. So you'd want either, if it's a rebreather with a gag strap kind of holding the mouthpiece in or a full face mask, mm-hmm. uh, which is the way some of it's been done. You'd want to have somebody in the water with them uh, to monitor them, uh, and you'd want them attached to a line. So this is clearly not something you do on the fly. It would have to be something that you're in a remote area, you're more than a couple of hours from a recompression chamber, and you've decided ahead of time that if someone gets bent, we're going to do in-water recompression. I'll tell you what, it sounds like I I did kind of get it right, with the exception of calling it... uh I didn't call it recompression exactly. But uh, we'll talk more about it next. Stay close to the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Scuba. Scuba Radio. Power, simplicity, reliability. It's what you demand of your dive computer. And Shearwater delivers. Shearwater evolved out of one tech diver's need for a reliable, easy-to-use rebreather dive computer and quickly became the tech market leader. Now recreational divers have taken notice. The Shearwater Peregrine is a simple, full-color, multi-gas dive computer. It's also the most economical Shearwater dive computer released to date. Check it out and the entire line at Shearwater.com. Shearwater. Dive computers for demanding divers. Do you have a message or a product that you'd like to share with the diving world? Well, look no further than Scuba Radio. Just like you, thousands of diving enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to scubaradio.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. If you want to be a member of the Scuba Squad, you have to be smart. I could be in the Scuba Squad? Well, sure. All you have to do is work hard. And don't tell a soul about the Scuba Squad, because then everybody's going to want to join. I woke up this morning with a big old smile. And I've been thinking it might stay with me a while. Is all about the things I love to do. One of them is spending time down in the blue. Gonna pack up all our scuba gear, find a spot where the water's clear. Call up all my diving friends. Plan is getting wet, but see who's in. Man, it feels so good to be alive. I just wanna die. I just want to die. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. That is the Scuba Cowboy. He's torn around. Check him out at thescubacowboy.com. You can hear him do that song live. And uh, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I feel a bit lonely, but I am surrounded uh, virtually by the Scuba Radio Scuba Squad connected via the web. That's uh, 
made up of Barry the Bugger, Jerry the Diver Guy, CJ, and uh, Dr. Doug Ebersold. The Dive God's going to join us here in just a bit, but he's kind of isolated too because he has COVID. I don't have COVID, but I have a COVID scare here at headquarters. So it's out there floating around, and and we've had to separate everybody, probably for our own good. Uh, it's hard to keep a straight face, though, because old Cock Johnson is having fun with his his Zoom filters, as you can see <laughs> on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitch. What the heck are you? He's wearing his dive mask right now, I guess. Is that what that is? I mean, it's scuba radio. Yeah. Okay. It makes sense. All right. It's polarized, too. Right. Yeah, because you don't want any glare when you're on YouTube, uh, Facebook Live. It might Live. be cool, Johnson, right now. You think? Uh, yeah. I don't think so. I think I'm always cool. Easy. You, you, you <laughs> keep over to CJ's that. restaurant in Marco Island. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. Uh, but Dr. Doug Ebersol is, uh, you know, I, I, I think, uh, so you heard the sh- heard me talking about this last week. I guess I kind of had it right from what you just yeah. told us. Yeah. So yeah, right. uh, the, 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 what people have to be aware of, though, it's not as simple as just jumping back in the water on a scuba tank. Right. Going down to 30 or 40 or 50 feet and coming back up. The, yeah. the protocol is usually something like 100% oxygen. Uh, and if you think back to your nitrox class, you know, PO2s shouldn't be more than about 1.4. But if you take somebody, the protocol the Navy would use is take them down to 30 feet, which is almost two atmospheres. So that would be a PO2 of, of basically two. Mm, so your okay. risk of oxygen seizure is high. That's why you're going to want to have a, uh, a full face mask. And the protocols are 30 minutes or 60 minutes and then coming back up. Obviously, you need the right weather conditions. You need the right people. You need the right technology. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not that straightforward, and there is an, I was going to promote. There actually is a um, a course in in water recompression mm, uh, okay. that IANTD, one of the tech diving agencies, actually has. There was a a symposium that they put together several years ago, and actually came up with an in water recompression course for people who are going to be in remote areas and want to do this and do it safely. So again, not something you do on the fly, right? but for certain situations, it's, it's definitely an alternative. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things like right now, uh, you know, if you're into technical or extreme diving, uh, you know, the kind of stuff that Dr. Doug, you know, he dabbles in that kind of stuff. This is, this is way beyond the recreational diving, uh, situation, unless you're diving with an operation that has all those, uh, protocols and a staff, in place that can handle that kind of thing. And still, and then still it's up to the diver. You know, if, if you're in some remote place, it's, yeah, they're the final ones that have to make the decision. Are they going to take that risk of doing the in-water recompression or, you know, waiting a day or so if they happen to be in some remote place where they can't get to a, a chamber quick enough or within a reasonable time, that's where it becomes a, you know, a very personal decision. But my, but my overall question about this, uh, Dr. Doug is, do you think, that eventually they are going to, you know, bring this down to a level where it, it could become a little bit more uh, available to recreational diver in a few years, uh, you know, uh, is an option, you think? Um, it's potentially, the problem, of course, is, I mean, the, the incidence of decompression sickness for recreational diving is pretty uncommon. Right. You know, it's something like two episodes per 10,000 dives. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of potential liability and risk for an operator to put that in place for something that's going to come up extremely rarely so uh maybe uh, i'd leave it at a maybe right. the problem of course is you know if you're not in warm crystal clear waters that are calm with 
oxygen and a face, enough oxygen and a face mask and, you know, a, a, a tender that can go down with you. All those things have to be, have to kind of fall into place. So mm-hmm. it's probably not likely anytime soon, but, you know, it's interesting. But yeah. definitely interesting. Well, I, I just kind of look at it from uh, the standpoint. I mean, you know, obviously if you're in a popular diving area, you know, you're in the Keys or, or someplace that has easy access to get air lifted out pretty quickly. But if you go to some remote place, uh, yeah. you're out in the, the boonies and, you know, that's where it becomes like, uh-oh, uh, it's going to be, you know, 24 hours minimum before I can get air lifted out in a situation right. like that. And, and I kind of wonder if this might end up, you know, trying to plug that hole that uh, divers can find themselves in at some point. But once again, I even if it does happen, I think we're we're definitely years away from that. Barry the Bugger, what do you think? What do you what, think about What that? would be the time period that you would think would be the dividing line between trying this recompression underwater versus waiting 24, 36 hours? What would you look at? I guess it depends on the severity of the issue. It, yeah, it depends, on, it depends on the severity. Um, they when Simon Mitchell gave the talk at uh, in Portugal, you know the, the talks last year last fall. Right, they were looking in in the in the setting where all that's in place, and in the setting where um, you've got uh, the training and so forth and so in the right conditions, all that falling in place. They were saying several hours, not several days, but several hours. So if you've got you know more than three, I don't know, like pick a number: three hours, four hours, six hours, then you could consider it. But there's not a lot of uh, people do very well with recompression therapy in general, uh, even with a several hour delay. Um, so the really the take home message, in my opinion, for recreational diving in remote locations is just be very conservative. Right. right? I mean, just yeah. uh, don't do as many dives, do long safety stops, consider diving nitrox with the computer set to air or set to some lower level of nitrox to add some conservancy. Just if you're in the middle of nowhere, you need to be very, very extra cautious, mm-hmm. and uh, and maybe or maybe not the in-water recompression comes into play. That's going to be more of a technical diving thing, at least for any time in the near future. But if you're going somewhere remote, be aware of the fact there's not chambers nearby, and just be very cautious, very yeah. conservative. Yeah, I actually, I saw some new uh, information that came out uh, recently too about you know flying after diving, and uh, you know the, the the basic rule of thumb is like after multiple days of diving, you should wait a minimum of eighteen. Uh, and most, uh, recommend, uh, like 24, you know, and if you don't have multiple days of diving, it's a minimum of 12, I believe, if right. I remember it, correct. But, but, but that's always, it, when they started that years ago, that protocol of, and those numbers of uh, the amount of time, uh, was kind of just, you know, put together as a number. It wasn't really based on hard data. And they didn't really, they were just looking at an overall general thing, but they're starting to come out with real data that's showing that, yeah, though, that's, that's pretty good information, but it varies a lot from diver to diver. And the, the research was based on monitoring, uh, uh, divers bubbles development with one of those, what Doppler things or whatever, right. you know, that they've been doing the last few years. And, uh, and that may be the future where we may end up getting, uh, different protocols for different types of people. You know, your dive computer might eventually be able to monitor that some way, or you might be able to find out if you're a minimal uh, bubblist or a medium bubbler or a heavy-duty bubbler. And obviously, right, if you're exactly. the latter, yeah, you got to be a little bit more careful on uh, what you do and wait uh, even longer before you dive. So that's uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. All this stuff is a little on the technical side of things, but I think it means it's uh, it's getting better. 
it's a good thing. The more we know, the better and safer we can be uh, underwater. All right, more coming up. Stay close. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. This is better than porn. It's like porn and Shark Week combined. He's got no legs to kick it with. And he's got no arms to swim with. But nonetheless, he is a scuba diver man. And he's doing the best he can. Scuba Diver Man. Doing the best he can. Scuba Diver Man. 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 His brain ain't right, but it's fun. Yeah. Uh, this is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. I don't know what level uh, bubbler I am, but uh, but I, I, I may need to get that information. I mean, there's some more uh, v- very interesting research coming out that's been going on, I don't know, from the folks at uh, Divers Alert Network for the last few years. There's been some uh, diving researchers uh, monitoring people after they, you know, right before they go on the dive. And then when they come up from the dive, they have this kind of crazy Doppler thing that actually monitors the size of bubbles in the bloodstream. You know, I, I remember talking to, I don't know, Richie and John Chatterton, you know, the shadow diver guys about this years ago. I don't know. Have you ever been one of the, been a part of one of the, some of that research too, Dr. Doug, where they did that and monitored you or no? Uh, yes. We used to do it at a, a event called Interspace uh, down in Grand Cayman. It was a uh, rebreather event. And those of us on the deep boat, the 100 meters, 330 foot dives, uh, the people from, from Dan were there doing bubble studies. Right. So that's all been done, you know, in the past. Currently, Dan's doing a trial, which people can enroll in, but you got to go to North Carolina. Yeah, uh, where they're doing uh, the same quarry dive, like six Saturdays in a row, uh, to see about variability. See if you bubble all the time, or if there's days you do bubble and days you don't bubble, uh, and then kind of correlating it to like your sleep pattern, what your meals were, how you're feeling, all that kind of stuff. So there, yeah. there actually are some research. The thing I was going to mention right before, because I know you got Neil holding, mm-hmm. is. Um, there, uh, we mentioned one time a few months back, there's a personal monitor called the O-Dive system where you can monitor your own bubbles. Right. Uh, it only does the upper extremities, so it doesn't do the legs. It's not, you know, 100% accurate. Uh, and you got to be careful not to use it the wrong way. Like, oh, I didn't bubble, so I'll be more aggressive on my next dive. It's made for safety, not for being aggressive. Right. But it shows you if you, if you do bubble, then maybe changing your gas mix, staying a safety stop longer, whatever, see if the next time you do the same dive, you have fewer bubbles. Uh, and that can be hopefully monitoring, you know, safety and so forth. Right. I, I remember seeing that at the boot show in Germany a few years ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it looked like very promising technology. And, you know, it's still, you know, still working out, uh, you know, working out the bugs of this stuff. And, and eventually might filter down to a new dive computer. Who knows? But the recent information or research that I saw actually said there were like three different categories. Now, maybe these fluctuate too. Maybe you can answer me on that, uh, Dr. Doug. But like they were saying, there's people, you know, just because, you know, you, you you have divers do the exact same profile and one will get bent and the other one won't. 
and it's because of their you know individual physical makeup or they're just more prone to it for whatever reason you know they and and what they said there were like three different categories of bubblers like mild medium or heavy bubbler and you know and and not you know it probably varies i guess and i guess that that o2 sensor you're talking about would monitor that on an individual level but does it stay consistent? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, if I actually could, you get a test and find out, like, hey, I'm a medium bubbler or I'm a well, uh, you, mild bubbler yeah, or whatever. The what they're probably getting at is when they do research and they're actually using ultrasound over the right atrium where all the bubbles are going to end up before they get to go to the lungs. You can grade bubble scores from zero to four. Yeah. So you could say you're a one or a two or three grade bubble scores. This O dive that I was talking about actually goes from zero to forty. So it's a little more sensitive. But what they're noticing is just because you may bubble one day, you may not bubble the next day okay. uh, or vice or vice versa. So there is some individual variability because it's, it's your physiology. Right. Uh, it's, it's unclear. Older people bubble more than younger people, you know, just parts of our body don't work. As well <laughs> well, older. Hey, you, you know, know. <laughs> uh, you know, when you get behind Barry and he's walking down the There's street. Oh my God. Uh, Doctor Doug, this doesn't get inserted in any orifice. Whoa! That would normally hey, not hey, have hey! There, right? <laughs> no, Where are you going Barry. with this, Barry? Yeah. Come on now. The, uh, I just want to make sure. Yeah, the O dive looks like a hockey puck with a little cut out in the back. Definitely it's, don't it's, want that. Inserted it's not a suppository. <laughs> no. Just it to just be sits, clear, it sits right on your on your clavicle, on your collarbone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. you just broke, I could deal with broke that. Barry's heart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, takes 30, it takes thirty seconds on each side. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh, feel free to use some sort of probe to keep yourself from bubbling. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it might work. I mean, you could get pretty uh, crude. Corn cob, whatever you need. Uh, anyway. Sounds uh, like a professional there, Greg. Yeah, uh, <laughs> okay, but that was my question, though. It does vary day to day, so you can't necessarily find out, like, hey, I'm a, a mild bubbler, which everybody would want to be in that category, but you might be a mild bubbler one day. You might be a heavy bubbler another day. It just depends, I guess. Yeah, on it, a bunch it, of different factors, you think? It, it it possibly can. I'll tell you that there was a guy that I saw recently who was getting bent a lot. And I won't go into the details, but he was using a variety of gradient factors to try and be as conservative with his diving as possible and staying extra long when he cleared deco, all these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And despite that, uh, when he did the O-dive, uh, being, as, being as conservative as he could, his bubble score was still 40. Which wow. is the highest it is. So he was, he's clearly a guy who just bubbles a lot. Okay. Can this, so there could be a trend. Yeah. Can yeah, this but, be done at recreational dive limits? Could you test us if we sure. all went diving one time, like off Absolutely. a 100 foot wreck? Okay. Yep. Say, okay, Absolutely. bend over. No, no, no. You first. Well, maybe <laughs> not. That would be disgusting. Oh, boy. But yeah, it, it's, it's easily doable. It takes, uh, we usually do it right after the dive, uh, and then you wait 30 minutes to do it again. Uh, Got it. But it's, yeah, it's pretty easy. And then, it, it it's the data gets sent off to uh, uh, to France and you get a result back in about fifteen minutes. It gets processed by a computer. Uh, they send the data right back. By the time you get back to shore, you've already got your bubble scores. About that. Ah, All right. So France. you could have a you could trend to a certain category. Exactly. But you, but you, you wouldn't. Times you see if you're it would be trend. cool. Yeah. It would be cool to see who in the scuba squad has the lowest number and who has the highest. Uh, who's the lowest bubbler out of our yeah, group? Right. Your thing. You know, I mean, just looking, I mean, uh, you know, ah, just knowing how, it, don't even go there, how Mr. gaseous uh, <laughs> some of our crew is, you would think that would, uh, that, that would be a, a trait that would come into play. I mean, I'm just guessing. I mean, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not a doctor. 
<laughs> just saying. Yeah, my guess would my guess would be Kristen because she's the youngest and the healthiest. Okay, and probably the most fit. Probably the most cautious too. I can say that since she's not oh, here, right? Say, yeah, right. But she'll hear the replay. You better cut <laughs> that out. We'll keep that to ourselves. Just take Beano and be done. With okay. It. <laughs> all right. Now we know Jerry the Diver Guy's secret. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, you know, all this stuff is is kind of cutting edge things that you know. I think uh, you know. Do you do you see this uh, eventually coming into a dive computer type of uh, setup eventually in a few years? You think, uh, Doctor Doug? There's been some people talking about it. You know, they've tried to do other things, you know, with heart rate monitors and so forth to try and track how much bubbles you may or may not be making. But, uh, right. yeah, I mean, it's got, a, it's got a possibility. One thing I would do is I'd put a plug into Dan. You know, obviously, that's our organization who's doing all the research and trying to make dives safe, you know. Right. So everyone should be a Dan member and consider donating, you know, money to Dan to support the research mission. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the research that I'm talking about, I think it came out of their Europe division. Yeah, uh, it could be. Uh, Dan Europe, but yeah, they're always doing good stuff in that regard. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. Like I said, you know, anything we can do, uh, technically to, to, you know, find out or, or keep us from having problems or giving us more options if we get into trouble. I mean, I just, that's just good for the sport. That's just good, you know, to have, uh, many options available to, to keep your diving as safe as possible. And, uh, I don't know. My, my gut feeling is I'm a mild bubbler. I've never had an issue, and I think that's that, not what I've heard from your family. Well, that's that's a different type of bubbling. Uh, well, that's why you're in your own room today. <sighs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, uh, done, Greg. Yeah, yeah. I know. I can't uh, can't stop it at this point. Uh, but we can get ready for hour two. The dive god Neil Watson going to join us to talk about Rico who was the the man behind the creature of the Black Lagoon. He passed away last week, but uh, the dive god, Neil Watson, uh, knew him, and we're going to talk about that. And Kirk Crack, who was a big part of the Avatar underwater work, is going to join us in hour two. So stay close. Just getting started on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. If you be pressurized there, you'll want to be there on Scuba Radio. Let's go! Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Scuba Radio. This seems the logical place for fish to congregate. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past editions of Scuba Radio worldwide over the internet at scubaradio.com. So we're in international waters? Indeed so. Tell a friend and buddy up with your radio every week for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Well, it's all very nice here, but we should be going. I miss me wife and me oxygen. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and gases. Let's go. The opinions you just heard on Scuba Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. Okay, you know, what I just heard... Blah, 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 blah. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. Come on, quit yanking me. Scuba diving does involve risk and should never be conducted without proper instruction and training. Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at scubaradio.com. <laughs> 